Welcome to Once and Future Authors, changing lives one book at a time. I'm Stephanie Larkin, an author, independent publisher, and book coach. And each week we will be discussing processes and strategies to get your book finished and published and meet authors and publishing experts to tap into their experiences and expertise. There is one book out there that can change your life, and that is the book you write. So welcome aboard. This podcast is produced by Red Penguin Books, an independent publishing company working with authors of all genres. Whether you have a manuscript all ready to go, a book still stuck in your head, or perhaps even hundreds of handwritten sheets of loose leaf shoved in a drawer, visit redpenguinbooks.com and unleash your inner author. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Once in Future Authors podcast. I'm Stephanie, and I'm so delighted to be joined today by a new author, first-time writer, of Freeing Rapunzel, Finding Peace After Trauma in a Divided Homeland. Please welcome our author, Anne-Christine Witzgull, of this super important book. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Stephanie, for having me. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. And what what a book. What a book it is. And I know you just, just launched recently and it's your first, your first book ever, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's my first okay. book. Okay. So what do you think about writing a book? Is, is so far so good or anything shocking you about uh, writing a book? Uh, what's shocking me is how long it takes <laughs> or it took me <laughs> and what it what it takes to write this book right and to really to find the themes in it and to make this to align the themes in the book that yeah. is i think that is the most difficult part for absolutely. me personally absolutely and speaking of the themes it's such a a vitally important book uh, let's start with what, what made you start this book what made you write it in the first place and what are those themes yeah, I think it was um, when my my sister showed me my father's war medals, I was not aware of. So it was kind of came by a surprise. And uh, it was fascinating for me to see uh, these medals and also to learn something about my father's past that was so strange to me. Mm. He sometimes talked about what happened in the war, but I never get, got the whole picture. Right. And my sister and me then that, that evening, and this is also part of the book, where she showed me what, what happened to him. And, and then I thought, well, I, I have to write this book. And plus the atmosphere at that time, the global atmosphere, because we had this new president here in the United States. And... Um, it was, uh, it, the, the atmosphere reminded me of our own past. And that's why um, I wanted to do something about it because, um, yeah, it, it, it very much affected me at that time. Absolutely. Now, of course, I know which war you're talking about and all those other things. Uh, would you mind just giving a little for our listeners here um, yeah. exactly war we're talking about? Because it means a lot, especially with what you were talking about from a political standpoint. Yeah, it's, it's the, the Second World War. Yes. 
um, that's what I'm talking about. My father was part of the Second World War. Um, he was a troop doctor. And um, yeah, and then, but also um, he was also part of the Third Reich or he was involved as, or he was a Nazi, I think in the Third Reich, he, he followed him, Hitler in a way, never talked about it really, but I think um, the, the way we were educated, uh, he, I grew up and how, what he taught me, I think that he was kind of a follower. Yeah. yeah. So basically you, you found these records, you, your sister, and it suddenly opened your eyes to the fact that your father was indeed a member of the Third Reich and what that means. You know, probably you had, you had no idea, but I'm guessing that some pieces of the puzzle now kind of made sense to you. There were things that you looked back and you said, Oh, now I understand, right? Was there was there some of that going on? Yes, there was something like that going on why he was sometimes so erratic. His behavior was so erratic and um kind of cold and um I think that's what he learned and I mean he was also he was kind of I would say a victim of his own past because his father died in the first world war. Okay. And he was 3 at the time and his mother my my grandmother never never got over it right she was depressed um the end the, until the end of her life it was really sad to see and um and that that affected him but he never he never talked about it and i think he never worked on himself worked on it right he never got it solved for himself and that's what affected me so much and that's why it's about transgenerational trauma my book uh, too Right? What, oh, what we get from our ancestors, our parents, our ancestors, all kind of in our spine. It is, it is. But, you know, first, I'm just going to dial back to that moment of shock, because I'm sure that many of us have that feeling that our parents or family, um, that we don't know every single detail of their lives. But, but this was quite the bomb that you discovered about yes your father you know some of us might find out that that our dad was you know not very good in school or or maybe even that that he was arrested for petty theft but you found out something that really is life-changing yeah in that moment and and not only did you find out something that was life-changing but just like you mentioned about transgenerational trauma you found out that there was all of this trauma that nobody had mentioned and, and I'm sure you yourself were saying, so that's why I am the way I am or the way I think. And this is why I grew up and things were this way. Was it that kind of a feeling? Yes. And especially what I did to my own children. My own children are so much affected by it. And mm. it makes me always a little bit very sad to see that. And that I didn't knew before, didn't know before. Right. And because then I would have done things different. And so this is also kind of a guilt and the guilt in me. Of course. That I had to overcome. And also, um, yeah. yeah. But, but what a gift you are giving your children. You know, all of us who are parents, I certainly look back and think, 
I would wish I would have known then what I know now. I would do things a little bit differently or a lot differently. I can't imagine that there's a parent in the world who doesn't think that. But you took this huge step of coming to terms with your own past, recording it in this book, um, you know, really coming to an understanding of this transgenerational trauma and what that means in the future generations. What a gift. I mean, honestly, this book and all of the work that went into it, and I don't just mean writing work, I mean all of the inside work that you had to do to get here, because I'm sure you had to do a lot of work to get here to write this book. What a gift you're giving your children. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I certainly hope mom to mom that the guilt that you might feel, you went over and above by doing all of this for them. So seriously, kudos yeah. to you. Most Thank moms you. don't do that. You really went yeah. over and above. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's also about the collective trauma, right? Not only me, but there were so many others in my in my generation who had the same issue, right? And and uh, whose parents or grandparents? Because my father, he was fifty when I was born, so he was could have been my grandfather. Right. So, um, but uh, so that that and and in Germany, we didn't talk about this stuff. We didn't. We just we the people started to talk about what happened. Um, in the Third Reich, uh, at the, in the 90s, right? Ah. Um, because we were also, there was a Holocaust and we were not, and, and this was so awful, this this what happened there that we also didn't try or didn't dare, we didn't dare to talk about it. Right. To right. have, um, to honor this awful thing, this horrific thing that happened at that time. And, and But what a thing you're doing with this book. Uh, just for our listeners, um, would you just speak a little bit about maybe defining terms here for transgenerational trauma and collective trauma, if you don't mind, just so we're all on the same page? Yeah, so transgenerational trauma means that, so we have um, the body, the mind, and the emotions, right? And they should be in line. And when it, trauma comes in it's like a friction it, it it is a frozen part in us and so that we cannot be in line with ourselves and this is this is what transgenerational trauma means that so we have our own history when we were born but we were born or and and what happens then when we grow up but then when we were born there's also a lot of trauma from our parents or can be trauma from our parents, our ancestors, that also are frictions in our in our body or in our in us that um, that affects us. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. And we have to come to terms with with these things so that I'm yeah, so that I have things in me like I'm I'm scared. I don't know why I'm scared sometimes, right? So what what is that? And looking at it and um, dealing with it, um, yeah. So, I, I'm I'm so glad you defined that because I'm sure so many people don't know what it's called, but they know that they feel it inside. And like you said about others who either are uh, children and grandchildren of the Third Reich, 
or children and grandchildren of other instances around the world. Um, yeah. People yeah, you also you also have wars, right? You had the Korean War, you had the, the Vietnam War. Yes, yes. That that and, affects us, right? And is it true also then that it's not necessarily a war? No. I would think that growing up in abject poverty, for yes. example. For example. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. You might not have a war, but if you're growing up in that kind of poverty, or if you're growing up in an abusive household, yeah, that yeah. would also cause this kind of trauma. Yes, yeah, that is true. Yeah, mm -hmm. which, which which again, and the poverty comes from something, right? The poverty comes from something, and why is the poverty there all the time, right? But why? What? What? What is that? Right. And to look at it, and becoming aware of it and then um yeah and here the healing process mm -hmm. well, starting the healing process is also something that we all can can learn from because i think that then when everyone would deal with that then the world would be a better place wouldn't it though yeah. yes yes yeah. it would and then like you said it's it's not just war it's not just you know, children and grandchildren from Germany. This is a worldwide problem yep. that if we can begin to address it in ourselves and in our families, it would make the world a better place. Yeah, yeah, the colonialism, right? All this, this what many people are talking right now about, right? And also women who are always suppressed so, many, so, so long time. Absolutely. So, uh, suppressed by men. Yeah, that it, is all affects us. It right? does. You are so right. And, and, and what a gift I said to you, what a gift this book is to your own children. Yeah. But what a gift it is to the world, because it is about, quite honestly, while your book is about you, your book is about all of us. Yes. Yeah. It's it's for yeah that's why I also wanted to write it because I think that is something um, I hope that people can identify kind of with what I'm writing and then becoming more aware of what's happening around them exactly. and in inside them right oh I thank you for that now tell me a little bit about the writing itself you know writing a book like you said it, it's not easy in the first place but yours was so personal and you were dealing with a subject that not only is it incredibly personal, but it, it is also, you know, distraughtful. It's just painful. Was it hard for you to remember things? Had you suppressed things? Tell me a little bit about that process for getting it out onto the page. I can't imagine what that must've felt like. Yeah, uh, so that was, um... Some things were so clear to me, like the chocolate egg thing. That was always, that was kind of a thing that, that stayed with me my entire life. So that was easy to write because it was so present. And, and uh, also the dream at the beginning of the chapter that was very present was this, this in, in me, kind of my entire, was in me my entire life and still is there. So um, it was kind of easy to write because it was so vivid, and and to write about it was um, yeah it was kind of 
what I experienced, right? And um, and so uh, that was the easy part. But then, as I said, to make an entire book out of it um, was different because then I had to get to terms with what what do I put in here and what what made made me like I was then at the end of the book, right? What what what, what happened there? Mm-hmm. And so um, that's why um, some. I wrote a lot. I, I wrote so many things down, um, but then I stayed with what I was, what it is now. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. I, at some point, I'm sure you had a lot more material and you had to whittle it down and decide that it was only going to be this. How did you make that decision? What, what led you? Yeah, yeah. I discussed it with people and um, and because I also wrote about how I arrived here in, in the United States and, and what happened here to me. Um, because some people said, oh yeah, you have to share that too because that is also kind of a, a story of an immigrant, right? Um, but uh, then, yeah, that, that was not, it is, it is also dear to me what I wrote there, but, but, but my childhood was much more, I was drawn to. And, and people then some people said, okay, so you they 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 agreed and and that is why I stayed with it. That that is what where my heart heart was at the time when I wrote the book. Right, right. So, mm-hmm. I get that. Were there were there things that you thought about adding and you thought, mm, that's maybe too much, too personal, too painful, and you decided against it? Uh, yeah, there were some stories uh that were not really what i what i happened to me but that happened to other people in my family and this was kind of i I, I, sometimes i thought about yeah i I will write it but then i thought no that that is their part i i don't want to yes say talk about it in this book um because i think it also was part part of the trauma the transgenerational trauma uh but I, I, I let it out and, yeah, and no, it was too personal for these people there. I cannot do. Right. No, no. I, that makes want to get sense. And I'm sure that other people who are writing um, a personal history like yourself um, come to those moments also and think, should I include this? This is not really my story. This is someone else's story. I don't really want to do that. That, that brings me to my next question about your family. Um, has your family read the book? Um, so my my closest family are my sisters. Uh, my my parents are already they died, right? Um, uh, so I think that yeah, they, they said that they ordered the book. They haven't read it before. So um, I, I was also not so keen on talking discussing it with them because um, there are also frictions between my sisters and me mm-hmm. still are, and so I thought. Um, I didn't share so much with them. Gotcha. And and they don't have. I changed their names. Mm-hmm. I don't have any pictures of them in there. Um, right. Also, it's also about their privacy. But when people who know us read it, it's obvious who who, who it is, right? Um, yeah. But I, that that brought me right into my next question about names because I get this question so often about the names of people in a book. And people will say to me, 
should I change the names or should I leave them? And I, I think my inclination, and I guess I'm similar to you, is I always say, if you're not sure, then probably you should change them. Like if you're even thinking that this is probably a good idea, then maybe it's a good idea to change the names. Is that how you felt when you decided to have different names? Yes. Yeah, different names. Uh, yeah, and it. Um, my, I mean, you have a lot of freedom in writing and that is the beauty of writing. You have so right. much freedom. Um, but yes, I know we, we talked about this also in class, right? There are people who use the names and then then they got a lawsuit and 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 mm -hmm. all this stuff yeah it gets really huge uh, i mean how people react and um so that was was something um i thought well i i use different name and i i i think i changed all the names my i changed my the names my my children's names mm -hmm. um i only my my best friend gabi she she is because I asked her, can I use your name? And she said, yes, it was okay. So, and my parents' names, I-, I Right, yeah. right, right. No, I love what you just said about freedom in writing. And mm -hmm. I'm glad you said that while we're having this discussion about the names, because while, because you changed the names, I think it probably gave you more freedom you know, yeah. because that weight was kind of lifted off in yes. a sense. So I think that was a good decision for you. And that's why I said so many people ask me that exact same question. And I'm so thrilled that we're talking about that exact question about the names. Yeah. Now, um, how about your own name? Because mm -hmm. I have many authors who use a pen name. So did, did that ever come as a thought to you? No, I think... Um... I think I'm a pretty honest person and I can be direct and this wouldn't be me, mm -hmm. wouldn't have been me if I would have used a pen name right. um, because I think that also opens discussions um, with other people. If I'm all, always hiding myself kind of, mm -hmm. then so, so for me, pen name is kind of hiding, going oh. into hide. And um, yeah, I think this was not a question for me. I, I didn't want to um, use a pen name. But, but I'm so glad of how thoughtful you were about, you thought about your own name and your own desire to be honest and transparent and how that resonated with yourself going forward and how you wish to present yourself to the world but you also thought about it in relationship to other people's names, sisters, children, et cetera, and pictures of your desire for honesty for you, you knew that that's not the same thing motivating you with their names. And I so appreciate the way you looked thoughtfully at those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was really at the point where I thought, oh, well, I put a family picture in there. But I didn't. I just want didn't want to confront. Yeah. I think some people in my family they are already um, because I, I send an email to them and asking telling them about the publication and um, no one reacted. Ooh, also that is also a sign, right? And it um, is. 
It is. It is a sign. But, uh, you know, it sounds like you were well prepared for that sign, which I'm so thrilled. Um, (laughs) Have your children read this book yet? Uh, No, not yet. But I think they are pretty proud of. I bet they're pretty proud of you. (laughs) I, I hope that they are very proud of you, not just because, wow, mom wrote a book. And, you know, as I always say, 90% of the population wants to write a book, but only this many actually do. So you deserve pride for that. But Mm -hmm. also because of the legacy that you are leaving, you know, when you, when you write a family history and especially one that is so, um, so personal as this and so introspective as this it's really such a gift that you have given Mm -hmm. and that is just an amazing thing what are you hoping for our readers out there you know i'm i'm hoping that after they they got to meet you right now and they're they're already on the computer grabbing a copy and that's what i'm hoping what are you hoping as they read it comes of it next what would what would be your desire yeah, I would like them to, yeah, to see for themselves what affected effects they have in their life, what what trauma, and um, because I think my my story is universal, mm-hmm. and uh, to cope cope with it, becoming aware of it, right, and then this is the also um a chance to heal and and that is what our our world needs the healing yes, uh, yes. of of these traumas we have uh, from our ancestors and parents absolutely so that that's what i hope that it's it, it's a it's a sign to set a sign in this world it is and and that's my hope too because i'm so thrilled that you wrote this and got it all down on paper. But I know I've learned so much hearing about the book and um, you know, reading the book myself, of course, but, but just hearing you speak and, and hearing what those themes are and recognizing that it's not just you and where you grew up, but it's us and all of the things that came previously in our lives. And that's just amazing for that to all be between the covers of a book for us to take a peek at. So uh, just a reminder to all of our listeners about Anne Christine Witzkall's new book, Freeing Rapunzel, Finding Peace After Trauma in a Divided Homeland, available at all online retailers near you. You will definitely want to grab a copy. There is so much to learn from a historical point of view, but also from a personal point of view. And so much is going to make you think about yourself and your own experiences. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Stephanie. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us for Once in Future Authors. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Reviews help other interested listeners to find the show so your review could launch new books every day. Thanks again for joining us and happy writing.